this is Chris Fetters of Dogman.com, and you are back with us with Dogman Radio. Man, we're starting to get to the end of it, and I'm with our guy as usual, the director of recruiting for Dogman, the man who knows what is going on this time of year, Scott Eklund. Scott, it's the weekend. It's the first major weekend for Caleb DeBoer, and in terms of January, obviously he did you know one in December, but this is the first one in January where we're really kind of getting down to it, official visits. A lot of guys visiting, a um, lot of opportunities, a lot of potential, maybe a couple surprises here and there. I'm just going to leave it open for you and kind of let you run down things. What is going on at Montlake right now with official visitors and recruiting? Well, my my guess is they are already in team meetings, uh, you know, with uh, the, the recruits. You know, Chris, um, they – Basically, things started. All, all the guys arrived last night who are here on official visits. Um, we have, I think, what six in, or five in the database and two others that we know of that I haven't been able to figure out how to put the transfer uh, prospects in. Yeah, the, we're we're lagging in yeah. technology. Yeah, this is a twenty four seven problem. Yeah, not, not <laughs> a dog man. Problem. I don't even know if it's a two four seven. It might just be a Scott problem that I just don't know. Haven't figured out how to do it yet. But um, anyway, there's five high schoolers that are on campus right now that we know of and we've got up on our on our uh recruiting uh you know official visitors list that's Grady Gross kicker out of Arizona Derek Boyd an athlete out of Lawndale High School in California Tristan Dunn a local prospect out of Sumner safety prospect um Amarian Winston the uh edge player out of Oregon um who was committed to Oregon for a little while and Vega Ijuane who is a guy who was committed to Washington for quite a while and then opened things up when the new staff came in and uh, he's, he's back. And I think with Scott Huff in the fold, I think they've got a good shot of reeling him in. So those are the five high schoolers that are on campus right now. And then you've got uh, Aaron Dumas, the running back out of New Mexico who is on campus and uh, junior Alexander, the wide receiver um, who was at Arizona state, but came back home and is already committed to Washington said he's going to go and sign with Washington. He is up on campus as well. So those are the seven that we know of, and I'm pretty sure there's two or three more on campus, but uh, we're still trying to figure out the names and, and uh, get those, get those kind of put together. Yeah, as you're kind of getting down to the wire here, there's always going to be some guys that make some late decisions during the week. Some guys are like, you know what, let's go. Screw it. Mm -hmm. We're we're going. We're heading to Seattle. We're going to check this thing out. And, you know, some may only go for a day. Some may go for two days. It depends on how many visits they're trying to squeeze in at this very kind of final uh, week or two. Yeah, before before signing day, which is the first Wednesday of February, which I believe is is 11 days from today. 11 days from today. Yeah, so it's 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 crunch time, guys. It's ready to go. Um, you know, of that of the guys that are on the list that I can see right now, I think obviously the one that may be most intriguing outside of Vega Iwane, because you know obviously he was a Washington commit before he opened things up a little bit more with the st- uh, staff transition. Is Tristan Dunn from Sumner? Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are going to be curious. You know how how you know how hard or soft is that commitment? Arizona State is he is he fully on board with taking these trips or uh, you know is Arizona State fully on board with him taking more trips how how are you kind of forecasting what's going on right well, now with Tristan well Washington, Washington hasn't offered him yet I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if he came away with an offer this weekend and heck it wouldn't surprise me if he ended up committing this weekend I know that he's grown up a Husky fan and all that he's 6'3 190 pounds looks like a basketball player 
when he's out there running around, but the guy hits like a ton of bricks and very instinctive player. And, and I think Washington's really intrigued by what he can bring to the table. He's a safety prospect, but he does play wide receiver down at, uh, he did play wide receiver at Sumner. So as well as safety. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I was a little, Surprised they brought him in this weekend. I thought it might be next weekend, but I think they wanted to get him on campus and, and, uh, do, do some stuff with him and, and, uh, see if they can, uh, figure out if they really want him in the, in the fold and everything like that. I think he's a guy that's very intriguing. He's a guy who always intrigued the old staff, uh, but he had some off the field stuff that he had to take care of. He had to take care of those grades. And it sounds like he's gotten that back where it needs to be. And, uh, Washington is starting to pursue him pretty heavily. Uh, again, they have not offered yet, but it wouldn't surprise me if he came away with an offer. And if he gets offered, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a commitment coming out of him. So that's, that's kind of the story on, on Tristan Dunn. I, I, I'm sure Arizona State isn't super happy about it, but in, with the state that their class is kind of in, they, they lost a lot of guys with all the, all the sanctions coming down, or not sanctions, the investigations that are going on there and everything like that. Some of the, um, you know, the, the coaches have been released from their contracts and everything like that. So we'll just have to wait and see how, how much this plays into it. But I think Tristan Dunn, I think the Huskies have a very good chance of reeling him in if they decide to offer him. Yeah. I always thought Dunn was an intriguing guy because of, you know, generally speaking, when you look at his height and weight, 6'3", 190, his reputation as a guy that's a hard hitter. How can you not, especially in state, not look at that guy and, ha- and think generally about a guy like Taylor Rapp? For instance, yeah, yeah, and, yeah but a little I was, bit bigger, but, but yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, no, no, no. I'm not, I'm not saying he is Taylor Rapp, but I'm yeah. just saying you look at the measurables, you look at his rep. There, there's some, there's plenty of things in common with those guys. What I think is really intriguing now, Scott, with the with the change in defensive scheme and philosophy, because we've already seen it, like on Go Huskies, they, they name guys as edges instead of outside linebackers. You've got the Husky position. Now they're not posting it that way, but um, yeah. you know, when you're six three one ninety and you clearly have some room to grow, is he a safety or is he a husky? Yeah, I I think part of it's the frame and, and if they think he can add the size, because the, the husky spot, I think ideally, is gonna be manned by a guy who's about six one, six two and two hundred and fifteen pounds. Right. I, I think that's probably what you want. But if you got a guy who plays uh, bigger than his frame would indicate he would like a guy's like a guy like Miles Bryant. I think he could have played the Husky position for Washington. I think well, Taylor Rapp, the guy that can yeah. run. And so you, if you can yeah. run like a safety, but you're built like a linebacker, that's, mm-hmm. that's what you want. That's right? what you ideally want from a body size. Yes. But, yeah. but I mean, if they can come up and they can play physical football and, and, and use their hands well and, and fend off blockers, cause you're going to be blocked by tight ends and linemen when you're closer to the line of scrimmage rather than, than wide receivers. So, um, you know, that's something that can they take that on? Can the person fend off the, and, and I think Tristan Dunn can, I, I think he could be that guy, but you know, Demario King is already on campus. He's a guy that Washington brought in, um, and got him to sign. He's out of, um, Cerritos high school down in, uh, down in California, or I'm sorry, Cerritos junior college out of, out of, um, Southern California. And he came in and he's already on campus. And just and, to make sure people know, he's actually listed on Go Huskies as a linebacker. Yeah, he is. So, so I don't know if that means yeah. that they already have a, a a designed position already in mind for him, or if they just put him there for now and then see what he's going to do in the spring. Yeah, 
I think it's going to be real versatile to see what you can do. I think you're going to have a lot of guys moving through that. And honestly, Chris, it's going to take you and I a little bit to kind of figure out, okay, who's the Husky in this and who's the safety? You know what I mean? And, and, right. and, and or and who's an outside linebacker and who's the Husky? So, you know, when we're at practice, we're going to have to see what, who is what and who's playing where and all this different stuff and maybe talk to us about have somebody in the stands, you know, like, uh, well, like yeah, Nolan, I already had you know, it in my us. mind that yeah. the one who was playing closest to like the nickel type position would be the Husky. But yeah, you, you could be right on. I did. There's just maybe no way of knowing. And then maybe that's yeah. part of the, maybe that's part of the intrigue of the defense is that maybe that's, it's hard to identify necessarily. And he yep. could be playing a safety one play. He could be playing a Husky the next. It, there could be a lot of things there. I'm just kind of curious if the position versatility for a guy like Dunn made him more intriguing to the defensive staff. And it was oh, like, I, you know, yeah. and then you, and then you add to that the, the real statements of intent that DeBoer and Courtney Morgan and these people at the, with the new staff have really been talking about in terms of putting the fence around the state. You know, this would be a sign of yeah. like, you know what? You know, here's a guy who's worked hard to get back, you know, where he needed to be for us, whether it was going to be us or, or, or coach Lake and his staff. And, and, you know, we need to show our support with a local guy and show him that, you know what, you, you should be rewarded for that. You did the hard work. There was no problem. Yeah. We always thought you were a player, but now we know you're a student athlete. You can get after it. Maybe that is worthy of an offer. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I honestly think, Chris, and, and I don't want to move on to another guy and, and forget about talking about Dunn, but Derek Boyd uh, out of Lawndale, 6'1", 215-pound athlete. Now, some people have said they think he's being brought in as a running back. I hadn't heard that. I had thought he was coming in as an outside linebacker safety kind of guy. But if they like him at running back, that obviously makes some of this moot. But if Boyd is much more of the fit from a body style standpoint right. – of a guy that you're looking at at that husky spot or an outside linebacker, whereas Dunn, I think, is more of a traditional free safety kind of guy. And yeah. so I think that's kind of going to be, you know, interesting to see how they, they you know, move those chess pieces around. So, um, you know, Boyd is a guy that I really like a lot. I watched his film. I'm like, how does this guy – not have a lot more offers, you know what I mean? And, sure. um, plays at Lawndale, which plays in a really good league. And I shouldn't say a really good league. It's probably a, an above average league down there. And, and, um, you know, he's, he's been a really good player at, at Lawndale. And that's a school that Washington has had success with because they have, um, Elijah Jackson and, um, drawing a blank on the other Mikel guy's Esteen. name. Ma yeah. Mikel Esteen. Uh, they have those two guys that, that are coming in. This guy knows them. So, um, you know, they're two years older than him, but they, he knows them. So, you know, that's going to be the interesting thing is to see that how they move the chess pieces around in that secondary and on that defense. And if Boyd even projects it at, uh, at, uh, you know, defense, maybe they project him better on offense. I don't know. Right. Well, and then, you know, you look at the, one of the other guys on the list, Marion Winston, you know, very intriguing, obviously Portland area, central Catholic, just took a trip to Florida. You know, you said he was committed to Oregon previously. Um, what a coup would that be to get him oh, right huge. out of Oregon's backyard? Huge. Yeah, huge. And and you add Marion Winston to a guy that has already visited in Cavante Henry, um, yeah. the kid from uh, lo Losinger High School in Lawndale also. <laughs> you know, that's yeah, Lawndale's. The guy who Michigan committed. Yeah. He's a, he's a commit to Michigan, but everybody thinks Washington's got a great shot at reeling him in because of his relationship with Courtney Morgan. So and he was one of the guys yeah. that officially visited in December, right before the mid-year signing day. Yep. Yeah, he did. So, 
you know, you, if you could combine both of those guys, you know, get one as a hand in the ground guy, that w- which would probably be a Marion Winston, but Kevontae Henry could be a stand up outside linebacker. He could be a guy who could be a designated third down pass rusher for you. A lot of different things you can do with these, these body styles that Washington is recruiting out there on the edge. 6'3, 240 pounds for a Marion Winston. Uh, he is the younger brother of, uh, the linebacker for, um, for uh for Oregon uh Winston I'm forgetting his brother's old her, his older brother's name but Washington recruited him too and uh um he was committed to Oregon for a little while opened things up when the staff changed over and and it sounds like he's pretty open to going somewhere other than Oregon so Washington's taking a chance with him they they were in his home on I think Tuesday I could be wrong on that on the day but they were in home with him and coach DeBoer was actually one of the guys in home with him so um yeah, I think Washington's shooting their shot and seeing what they can do. Right. And, you know, obviously I'm not going to tie you down to specific names because this thing can be kind of fluid. But, you know, how important would it be for Washington to get a commitment or two out of this group? And obviously oh, I, Junior Alexander's already yeah. one that is committed. Um, you know, but how important do you think it would be kind of giving them a foundation to really push forward the next weekend? Yeah, I, I think it would. I think it would be huge for them, um, to, to get some guys in. I mean, they got some commits. Um, you know, they got, uh, Demario King in as a, as a guy that they, um, you know, that they were able to get committed. Um, uh, they also got Jordan Perryman and they got Michael Penix, two transfer guys. Yep. That, that said, so, but they don't have a high school commit in yet. And not that that's the end all be all of things. You got to get just the players in that you want to get. Well, now we're would, talking about, we're talking about of the group that hasn't already signed mid year. Yes, correct. Cause they I did mean, sign four, four or five. Yeah. Guys. They, they yeah. did sign Parker Brailsford. They did sign Denzel Boston. Ryan Otten is another one that they signed. Those are the, and Lance Holdsclaw. Those are the four guys right. that, that they signed. That, and then Jeremy Bernard obviously was a, was a guy who signed with them, but then he, he flipped and I don't need to pick a, pick that, that, that scab yet. But, um, you know, the, the staff, it would be really nice to see them get some high schoolers to come, to come in, come in and commit, be part of this program and, and really start that race because people have been guessing on our board who the first high school commit is going to be, uh, for Washington. They've gotten some transfers. They've gotten a Juco guy, but they haven't gotten a high school kid to commit to them just yet. So that'll be, I guess you could kind of say Lance Holdclaw is that guy. He was already committed, but he was thinking about opening things back up and they did, he, they convinced him to sign with Washington. So, um, you, you know, but I, I don't count that as a commit since he was already in the fold when they took over. So let's, let's see who they can get in from this weekend. I think you're going to see, I, I wouldn't surprise me if Vega Ijuane opted to just, Hey, you know what? I like the new staff. Coach Huff is still here. That's a big reason I opened things up. I didn't know if he was going to be here anymore or not. So, um, I think, I think Ijuane might be the best shot but um I think Grady Gross the kicker out of Arizona who's who helped lead his team a 5A team to a state title down there and I think Derek Boyd is another one and and Ijuane I think those are three guys that you could that you could see commit this weekend and done like I noted if he gets an offer it wouldn't surprise surprise me if he ends up committing to Washington I think Winston's going to take things a little bit longer but I think Washington's doing everything they can to get him in the fold too well, and as we've seen, I don't want to move over to, to Josh Connerly yet, who's, who's, uh, playing today at the, uh, the Polynesian Bowl over yep. in Hawaii. But, you know, we've already seen, uh, at least one guy in Connerly 
move hit move his commitment back to you know a few weeks and and maybe even go into March and and that yep. kind of thing. Yep. Um, you don't think Winston is is going to push things back that far, do you? No, no. I think he'll sign on signing day. Okay. I, I just I think he wants to take at least one more visit, and there's a chance you could see. And for for people who aren't that familiar with uh, high school recruiting, most kids take uh, recruiting visits their their official visits on the weekends. But if you're trying to pack them in before a signing day, he could end up taking two days. Today, you know, two days this weekend, he could fly from Seattle to another destination wherever he wants to go and 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 go there for a couple days and then do the same thing from that school. So um, but right now it looks like his next spot. So Washington is where he was at Florida. Yeah, he's got a trip to Nevada. Yeah, Nevada, which surprised me a little bit. But I think that's because. Um, of That's some of the, there's a Mastro. Yeah, Mastro. The, so, coach. yeah. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll have to see, but I, I think I, it wouldn't surprise me if, uh, Washington pushes really hard for him and, and they've got a decent shot at getting him, but DeBoer's already used his in home. So he won't be able to be in home with him next week. Now, coach Inge and coach, um, McKeefree. I'm sorry, not my coach, Kim McKeefree. I'm sorry, coach Schmidt. Um, and, um, maybe one of the other coaches could, could head on down. Heck, um, Coach Shepard is a co-head coach or associate head coach, right? So yep. he could be down there too. So you could see the Huskies kind of flood in and, and, uh, try and get him. But, um, at this point in time, DeBoer is not going to be able to go down and, and help close things out next week. So, uh, we'll have to wait and see. He might push things back if he's, if he wants to take one more official visit, but, uh, right now, Looks like Washington, Nevada, and Florida are going to get those official visits, and um, and uh, then I I personally think it'll come down to Washington and and uh, and Florida, but we'll we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. So you you don't think Oregon is is a player here? I I think they might have moved on. I I don't know. I mean, I think a lot of it's going to depend on if uh, you know he was re- being recruited by Don Johnson, who's still there um, at uh, the uh, at. You know, at, at Oregon, he's still kind of he's their director of recruiting. He's he's what Courtney Morgan is at the University of Washington, right? I mean, he, that's essentially his duty is to just recruit guys, and especially Oregon kids who he had really good relationships out with down there. So, um, I I just don't know. I, it doesn't seem like he's that interested in, in Oregon, but well, well, I I haven't talked to him personally. All I'm going by is what I've heard through the rumor mill, and it sounds like he's not that interested in Oregon anymore, but uh, we'll see how true those rumors are. Yeah, well, that certainly leads me to my next topic, which uh, we'll, we'll, we'll break down the, the this next coming weekend here uh, when we do that in a week where, you know, there's still a ton of time uh, left for that weekend to start to take shape and, and see who's going to be visiting. We just have the one um, official visitor listed, which is Max Brown, the, the quarterback yeah. from Oklahoma, who's currently committed to Central Michigan. Um, but I'm sure there's going to be plenty more of those guys. But it does lead me into the topic of, of you know, DeBoer. You well, talked about it. Chris, Chris real ahead. quick, I want I need to I need to say something though. Sure. So you talked about Brown um, visiting next weekend, Washington. So on, uh, so last Friday, Washington visited uh, Graham Kapowson and went and saw Josh Woodthrow. Right. Nevada, Nevada came up and watched him, and so did Washington State. Um, during the week, uh, I think they saw him on uh, Tuesday or Wednesday of this week, one of those two. And so Washington has already seen Josh Wood, and they've told him that they're very interested in him. 
Okay. My, so the reason I give all that background is Max Brown is visiting Florida this weekend. Right. And he does not have an offer from Florida, but if he gets one, there's a chance he might take that. And if that happens, I think Washington offers Josh Wood. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Okay. So, you know, I mean, it, and then it, they bring it does in Josh like Wood. Yeah. Th- but then they bring in Josh Wood in place of Max Brown this or next weekend. Right. And it just, it, it does feel like they're, they're making a push for a high school quarterback. Oh, absolutely. I mean, they got Penix, they got Michael Penix from Indiana to transfer in, but that still only leaves them with two other scholarship quarterbacks, obviously, in, in Dylan Morris and Sam Heward. So, yeah, and, and you want four if you, you can. got to have at yeah. least four. Um, and you know, I'm not now they've that, got some, they've got some good walk on arms, but they're, they are, they are what they are. They're walk ons. So, well, and you have different types. I mean, yeah. Camden Sermon's going to be more of the dual threat, whereas some of the other guys are going to be more of the pocket passer types. So you, you're going to have a, a range of arms and a range of styles for sure, which is important. You need that, especially for the scout guys, because they're going to have to simulate a bunch of different types of quarterbacks. So that's important, but you have to have at least four. Yeah. I know. I, I remember even going back to Steve Sarkeesian. He was talking about how important it was that you had to have one for every class in the cycle in a five year cycle. So he would, he would want five and he was able to actually have five really high quality high school kids at the same time, which was always yeah. impressive to me. But that was before the transfer portal was a thing. Correct. Yes. 100% <laughs> so, correct. And, and if there's any position, a lot of positions are seeing the, the, the portal impacted, but if there's any position that is ripe to be impacted by the transfer portal, it's why it's a quarterback. Cause there's only one that plays. Yeah. And, and so we got, so Brown and Wood, we know about, I mean, we can always say there's an opportunity for maybe another quarterback to come in very, very late in the game. Do you think that's, do you think that's possible? Or do I think that, I think you've got a, I think you've got a good read on it, Chris. It's Max Brown and Josh Wood. And then there's always a chance that someone could rise up, but I think those are the two that fans need to worry about. And see, I'm wondering how long Wood would maybe prolong his recruitment. Like he could go past signing. Yeah, day. there's a, that's always a possibility. I wouldn't highly recommend it because I know some of these schools might pull his offer and go with somebody else. Right. If he doesn't take it, so he really needs to be careful. I mean, is he a poker player? You know, I mean, we'll find out how good of a poker player Josh Wood is. Well, he but, seems he seems pretty cool under pressure. You know, if that well, if that championship game against he's got the Eastern teams. Washington staring him in the face, and they prioritized him. Right. Okay, yeah, I'm not saying that these schools aren't now, but they prioritized him before he won a state title. Right, and um, and that's a really good FCS program over there. So, yeah, and the only thing the only thing that the new staff can say is we weren't here. You know, yeah, you, you have to yeah, give us the benefit of the doubt. That's what they can say, and yeah. and that's good. But um, you know, he's really got a he's got a way out. I have an opportunity to go to a really good program over here and be a two or three year starter there, or yeah. I can wait and see if Florida or see if Washington offers. I can wait and see if Washington did Washington State offer? Washington State hasn't offered yet, right? I good question. I'm you know not what? sure if they have. Yeah, I know he, Fresno yeah. State did. I know Nevada did. Yeah, I'm so, to think so if others did. Yeah, so he's. I mean, you've got Fresno State. You know, I mean, that's tough to pass up with um with uh, Jeff Tedford there. Right. So, for you know, sure. I mean, so I'm looking at it right now, Chris. Well, they're, uh, I guarantee you they're going to push for a visit. They're going to, yeah. you know. So he's got Fresno State uh, that he visited last weekend that has yep. offered. 
Nevada has offered. My guess is they'll try and get him in next weekend unless Washington offers. Who will he'll take a Washington visit before he take a Nevada visit? But then he's got Washington or Eastern Washington, and he's got Portland State and Idaho State. So yeah. you know, I it's like I said, how good of a poker player is Joshua Wood? We'll we'll have to wait and see. It'll be interesting because this is something. When I was seventeen, eighteen years old, man, my uh. My uh, nether regions would be puckered up pretty tight, you know, Chris. I mean, I'd you be went like, there. I'd be, you went yeah, there. But, but I'd be so scared. I'd be like, Mom, I got to do this. I got to do this. And, yeah. and uh, you know, this kid is calm and cool and, and collected, and I think he believes in himself. And my guess is uh, he's a guy who isn't just going to jump at things. I've talked to Josh a couple times, really good kid. Um, he's got a really good head on his shoulders, good guidance from his family. I think he's going to be smart about the way he does this, but, uh, man, I'd be scared. I'd be scared to play it out too far. Yeah. I mean, and like you said, he's got, he's got, he's got family with their head on their shoulders. They, you know, they kind of understand the lay of the land, I'm sure a little bit. He's also hopefully getting really good guidance from a, a very experienced head coach at Graham Kapowson and Eric Curley. He's been yep. through the wars, you know, he's been through it in a number of places. He knows exactly what's going on. Um, so hopefully everything works out for Joshua like it's supposed to. You also laid out the scenario, Scott, earlier where guys could take midweek visits if things were really starting to pile up. It does feel like Joshua certainly qualifies as a guy who could end up doing a day here, a day there, a couple days mm-hmm. here, a couple days there, just to make sure that he gets to see Seems every place he that see. he really wants to see. Yeah, and that is the case, but um how are his – How's his academics? Can he get, you know, I, I, I don't, you know, I'm sure a kid can figure it out. I'm sure they can take their homework on the road or whatever. Cause people take vacations in the middle of school year at times, but you know, it's not as easy as just, Oh, well, I'm going to go take these visits. No, you got to arrange stuff with your teachers. You got to talk to the administration at your high school. You got to do all these different things. Plus I, I'm, I don't think he's a basketball guy, but if he's a basketball guy, he also has to think about his basketball team. So, a lot of stuff that I think he is. Yeah. I think he is, if I remember okay. correctly. I think he's a pretty good player, if I remember yeah. right. So there you go. There's a lot of different things at play in this. And so taking a midweek visit isn't always the easiest thing. So he might have to push his back if he wants to take all his visits. I personally think if I was, if I was, um, uh, advising him, I would say, look, play this out as long as you feel comfortable playing it out. But I would sign on September 2nd because. Yeah. Those offers can go away real quick if you're not careful. Well, and and the other thing that really compounds the problem of of Josh Wood very specifically is that there's only one quarterback on the field. Yeah. And usually we always talk about the, the, the dominoes falling, you know, with regards to certain guys. And you laid out the scenario. What if Max Brown, who's committed to Central Michigan now, decides to commit to Florida after his visit? Then does does an offer come from the Washington staff? Does he all of a sudden now look at Washington as the most serious suitor? Does he still look at Fresno State, who he's visited? The dominoes are in place to fall. It's just a matter of which way are they going to fall. And, Chris, it isn't just that. If he opts to sign with, let's say he opts to sign with uh, Eastern Washington, well, with the transfer portal nowadays, a lot of kids um, will go to that lower-end school play for a year or two, show what they can do, and then make themselves available as a free agent <clears throat> to then go to a bigger school. Yeah. Maybe that's the path he needs to take. I don't know. I don't know. 
It happens. That's absolutely mm-hmm. for sure. But all, all we know for sure for Josh Wood is that he's got a lot of options on the table right now, and that option list could grow in the coming days. So it'll be very intriguing to see kind of how things play well, out for him. Especially when you look back at what it looked like after he won the, the state title and then the, I don't want to call it the national title, but they beat that 7-8 team out of Georgia. Yeah, you know, exactly. I mean, when when you looked at his offer list, you're like, how does he only have these small schools? How how has not one group of five school come along and liked him? Yeah, and, it, uh, it is and weird. That, yeah, and now you see that schools have been like, "Whoa, this kid can play." And the other thing I was going to say too is that, I, and I have it, I've just thought about it until now. But what in-state player, what recruitment of an in-state player has blown up this late in the game? What's the last one that you really remember? Oh, geez, Chris, I know. A... I was trying to think off the top of my head who that would be, and that would be obviously open to you know, it's subjective. You know, yeah, you know? very subjective. I'd have yeah. to go back and look, Chris. I don't, I don't know. I mean, you could. <sighs> I would, I, it wouldn't surprise me if it was a receiver, um, that blew up. Um, See, I was wondering if it was another quarterback, but I, yeah, yeah I don't know. I, yeah. you, that's a really good question. We'll, we'll, we'll let the, we'll let the, we'll let the listeners out there try to figure out yeah. who they think might be the, the last one that had a, a Josh Wood like ascension in the, in the final weeks. Yeah. The, the normal signing. It's day a period. good question. It's a really good question. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Well, let's move on. I got a couple more topics I want to talk to you about before we close this thing out. We were going to try to keep it somewhat uh, light today, but uh, it looks like we're going to go a little deeper than I of thought. Of course, we, we always do, Chris. <laughs> but but you talked about, you know, uh, with regards to Marion Winston and, and uh, Kalen DeBoer already taking his uh, in-home visit with that family. Um, the coaches have been on the road like crazy um, mm-hmm. this the last few days. Um, we've seen coaches pop up in in Utah, Arizona, SoCal, Bay North Area, Carolina. Yep, Carolina. We saw uh, Jamarcus Win- uh, Jamarcus Shepard was in the South Sound at Emerald Ridge and and Federal Way and places like that. Um, you know, tell me a little bit about what you kind of what you've gleaned from the various tweets that we've seen out there from the high school staffs and from those guys. It just feels like there is a, a feel good factor right now about Washington recruiting. Like they're really hustling. And they're yeah. getting out there. I'm trying to, you know, really not kind of read more into it because it always seems like there's coaches on the road and doing this and that and going there and, and whatnot. But, you know, when you see guys in, in Idaho, like, like Nick Sheridan and you're like, Oh, okay. That, you know, that kind of popped up in my brain. Like, okay. You, you know, we, we haven't seen mm-hmm. maybe the staff go into Idaho recently and, and do maybe some in-depth stuff. Um, what are you kind of reading into those tweets of, of what you've seen from the coaches lately on the road? Um, well, I mean, the, I, I've seen them getting posted about by schools from a, a lot of places that I hadn't even heard of before, <laughs> you know, the, the North Carolina one, it, I was like, 
uh, okay, very cool. I've got to believe that was Coach Shepard that was out there. Since, May have been, yeah. Yeah, since he was Purdue. He's at Purdue, and he's recruiting receivers. Well, they have a big-time receiver out there at the high school that he went to in North Carolina, 2023 kid. So, um, you know, that's – that that didn't surprise me that they're that they've got the coaches going to some places that uh, they know pretty well. But most of the posts uh, about thanking the coaches for coming out and checking out their athletes was were were in the footprint for the most. Wouldn't you say, Chris? Mostly in the footprint that Washington uses. Um, yeah, like I said, I think yeah. you know Idaho is obviously in the traditional footprint, but you just don't usually see them. Yeah, you know, as active and as open. Now that that could also be just a fundamentally a, a factor of social networking. Yeah, it, people it, just there, being more active on it. Yeah, uh, there's a lot more. There's a lot more involved in that. So, um, yeah, yeah I, I thought it was I, an interesting yeah. mix because you know you see, you know, like they they mentioned La Habra, you mentioned La Habra, and like you know we know Greg Gaines was there, and, and so I'm wondering how much of this is. Is the the new staff trying to tread on the old stomping grounds a little bit to to pay their respects to the coaches and make them know that they're going to be as active as the old staff was, but then also hit some of these other areas that you've been talking about. Yeah. It, it it just um I wonder if this is just something where it's the quick burst, so you know people are going to get excited about it, or do we really think that this is something that has staying power? Um, I think it's going to have some staying power. I, I think uh, th- this staff seems to really get after it on the recruiting trail. The, the the one misnomer that I've seen on our message boards is these coaches are really getting out, putting the other ones to shame. The other staff went out on the road. They they were out covering different schools and and looking for kids and all that kind of stuff. There just wasn't the kind of momentum and stuff. And maybe. I, I'm not saying this happens, but maybe the coaches say, Hey, do you mind posting something, you know, about us being here? Yeah. You know, no, I, I, mean, I don't know if that happens or not, but, um, I mean, I guess I should probably ask, but yeah, no, they'd um, be smart to do it. Yeah. Um, the other thing I was going to say too about that is, is that it does feel like this staff is casting a wider net, not just geographically, but just, just also in numbers. Yeah. It does and, feel like more guys yeah. are getting offered, which means. They probably have to hustle a little bit more and get to some more places than maybe the other staff did because the other staff was, I don't know how you want to term it, more selective or more, uh, they, they had widowed their, their list down already to the point where they had just a, uh, you know, they were looking for the Marines, the few, the proud, you know, whereas yeah. these guys are like, you know what? We, we, we need to cast a larger net. Guys. Yeah, yeah, we need to cast a larger net. I, yeah. you know, I don't know. It's, it's interesting. I, I talked to a 2023 kid that Washington offered, uh, recently. Um, and, um, I, then that story will be up probably tomorrow on Sunday morning. But, um, you know, I asked him, I said, you know, the, the coat, the coaches offered you when they were at Fresno State, but, they're not just going to offer all the Fresno State offers at the when they're at the University of Washington, you know. They they and I said, did they mention anything about that to you? Is it because you could play? And, and he goes, yeah. He goes, it's really weird that you asked me that question because the coach actually said, hey, I don't, I'm not offering all the guys that I offered before, but you're one that I think can play at the Pac-12 level, and we want you to be part of this. And right. That really made an impact on this kid. And he, this is a kid with, uh, power five offers. So it isn't like, but he said, but Washington is a school that he kind of grew up kind of watching, partly because his dad, uh, was a big fan of the Huskies. So, 
Um, and like I said, I'll have that story up tomorrow and you guys know who it is. But, but I talked to this kid and he's just like, yeah, he goes, that made a huge impact on me that the coach thought I could play at Fresno, but just because he offered me at Fresno doesn't mean he thought I could play at the power five level. He had to go in and refigure out if he thought I could do that. And he felt I could. So that's kind of an interesting, uh, I don't want to call it dichotomy. That's probably the wrong word, but it's an interesting part of the prism that you have to use as a coach. Okay. I saw him playing for me at this group of five school and being a dominant player. Do I see the same thing when I see a guy, when I, when I think of him at the power or at the power five, you know, pac 12 level, if the answer is yes, then I'm offering him. If the answer is no, I think he's a better fit at a lower end school, even if he has offers from power five schools. If I don't think he can play at the power five, then I'm going to just say, Hey, I think you're, you're better off going somewhere else because I, I don't think you fit into what I'm looking for. Mm. So yeah, it, no. it, I found it kind of interesting. Yeah. You know? No, for sure. No, it's, there's a lot that goes into it. Maybe a lot more behind the scenes that maybe we've even portrayed. Yeah. Pete, the, yeah. And I mean, I mean, Pete, Pete, uh, Chris Peterson had to do that when he brought his guys over from Boise State. Right. Right. But um, he was pretty successful bringing some guys over like Sample and Gaines and Jalen Johnson, some of those. And, guys. uh, Ryan Bowman. And, yep. and although Ryan Bowman was a Oregon State guy, wasn't he? Uh, I can't remember. I thought he was an Oregon State guy, but whatever it was. Anyway. Um, but yeah, he brought some, uh, Jojo McIntosh, I think was a guy. Yeah, um, I think so. That, yeah. And maybe, I know Jojo I think, was originally committed to UCLA for a yeah, while. Yeah. So, but these are guys that they offered at Boise State. And then when they came in, they said, yeah, or Sidney Jones was another one. Yeah. He was at Utah, but Washington wasn't. Yeah. That was a full on Jimmy Lake special. Right yeah. There. That was, but that wasn't, but, but Sark and his staff weren't even looking at Sidney Jones. No. And, and, but Jimmy was at Boise State. That's right. And then he came over. And I remember you and I talking with Elise. That was when Elise was doing the night show at, uh, at KJR. And we came on, we always came on after signing day or the day of signing day, I think. And we, we talked about the class and all that with her, with her and her listeners. And she asked you and I, who the guy was that we're most excited about that maybe we aren't talking about because Buddha was in that class, right? Right. And you and I both said, I, I, I distinctly remember this. You and I both said Sidney Jones. Yeah. And it was because of his length and how, how he just covers guy and he had that kind of dog mentality and he proved us right. So that was one that I, I take, I take a little bit of, I don't want to say pride, but it's like, okay, I kind of know what I'm doing. I kind of know what I'm looking at and stuff like that. And, and, uh, you and I both said Sidney Jones and it proved to be true. What I'm intrigued about is four years from now, who are we going to be saying that about? You know, that, yeah. hey, we were right. These coaches made the right call on this kid that was a late signee for them. And, uh, that's oh, for sure. I remember even looking at the film with Sidney Jones and being really impressed by his, his abilities as a returner. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. I remember because, you know, speed, the whole, he had the whole package and I was thinking why at that time, why was he going to Utah? Cause Utah doesn't still doesn't have a, a real super high profile. I mean, Whittingham has done such a phenomenal job finding those diamonds in the rough, but winning the Pac-12 even, title helps that. But Definitely. yeah, but you back that up, but you back mm-hmm. that up a number of years and, and, and those guys probably felt like they had gotten an absolute steal yeah. in a guy like Sidney Jones until, you know, Jimmy Lake had come along. And then obviously Lake had a much higher profile and platform at Washington to be able to entice a guy like Sidney Jones to come. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
That, yeah, so that, it's yeah, it was it was really that that first class because uh, they had Sidney Jones, they had JoJo McIntosh, and Buda Baker all yeah, in that no, class. The, the, that first class was huge, and that yep. was a that was a that was a that seminal set moment. The table. And, that and set clearly, the table. Yeah. That's where you see a guy like DeBoer, and you wonder who is that guy going to be for DeBoer. And obviously, all signs point to a guy like Josh Connerly. And we've, mm-hmm. and we've talked about Josh Connolly at, at Infinitum here, so I'm not going to yeah. delve into that. He's, <laughs> like I said, you know, he's, he's, he's a ways his, away from making decisions, guys. Yeah, so he's, don't, yeah, he's don't a get ways too away. So there's yeah. plenty of space to talk about a guy like Josh Connolly, but he, he could have a Buddha like impact or, Absolutely. um, you know, who would like a Jake Locker type impact, you know, when, yeah. it, you know, when it came to, uh, um, to something like that. So, um, the last question I want to pose to you, um, is basically how do all these guys fit in ultimately? Are we still looking at the 15 number? Are we moving that up a little bit? Now that you've kind of seen the, the, the groups of guys that are coming in, not just this weekend. And obviously we expect a bunch more for next weekend, but ultimately where do you see the number fitting for DeBoer and his staff and where, where do they want to land? Well, so the thing is the Huskies are only at, um, what was it? 72. Was that the number that you had it at, Chris? Oh no, it, it it was more than that. It was more like seventy four, seventy five. Okay, seventy four, seventy five. But, but that was before um, they had some movement. Now they, like you said, they had gotten a guy like Demario King, mm-hmm. um, Jordan Perryman, Michael Penix. Right, those guys would have been added earlier, but yeah. um, and there's also been more recent movement. Yeah, when yeah. you see other guys leave. Yeah, so you so, know. We're, yeah. There's a t- there's a chance there could be more attrition on the current roster. Yeah, like we were I, talking about, yeah. you know, if 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 a guy like Aaron Dumas, the running back, if he ends up committing to Washington, that that almost infers that there's got to be some movement because there's no way that Lee Marks is going to be able to have eight or nine guy running backs on yeah. his roster. It's just it's and, just untenable. Yeah, and three of them or four of them because if you include Megwa, um, four of them are going to be freshmen. Yeah, yeah, you that's know, the other thing and, too. You got a real yeah. pile up there. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Four of them are going to have four years left. I'm sorry, because right. Caleb Berry and JB on Sunday and Megwa all have four seasons available to them. Right. Uh, Sunday has three years to play. Or I'm sorry, four years to play three. Um, the other, the other two have two years. I'm sorry, four years to play four, and Dumas would have four years to play three. So. Yeah, it's there's a lot that uh, I, I just don't see them carrying four tailbacks with four years of eligibility remaining. So, um, yes, right. The and, same, and the same thing applies with Derek Boyd, and that's why yeah. you were talking about you were unsure of where people were talking about him as a potential running back because then you still run into the same numbers issue. Yeah, probably. Although, although he would be behind those guys. No, no, no. He would. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. I mean, there would be a little bit of yeah. a separation. But, oh, and but Sam the, Adams. Same. Sam Adams. Totally forgetting about Sam Adams. Yeah. Well, that's, he's another yeah. one who would have four years to play for. Right. So, and, but you know, you've got you've got some separation between Boyd and the rest of those guys. But at the same time, you're simply adding a number, another another number yeah. to that mix. Yeah. And I just don't see that happening. No, so, I don't. I don't either. Yeah. So, but th- what people need to understand, and we've talked about this on the board, but what people understand need to understand is the next round of um of uh uh transfers probably isn't coming until after spring football. And um so 
you're you're probably talking about guys that um go through spring football with the, with their coaches and then um and then say, you know, I'm not going to play. I'm buried on the depth chart. The coach came in and said, yeah, we watched you in the spring and we just don't think you're going to be able to help us and fit into what we're doing. And so they decide we're going to go elsewhere, uh, to find our, to find our guys. So, um, if that's the case, then that's kind of what that's, that's where your next round is coming from. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's, um, It'll be really interesting too, because I, I agree for the most part on when we'll see the next big transfer bump. I think you might see a small transfer bump right after signing day. Once things, you know, mm. once these freshmen come in, there might be some other guys that are looking at that and going, but you're yeah. just adding numbers. I just don't, I, I don't yeah, the, see, I see the writing on the wall. The, the problem thing. is, Chris, the problem is, Chris, there's only a scant few schools that are actually on the quarter system. Right. And so you're not going to be able to go unenroll from Washington and then go to a school your 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 opportunities are very very limited not, not unless, you go not unless you've already done all the homework ahead of time and are just waiting to see what the school is going to do you know what I mean like if you well, no, I understand kind of that but I'm talking I'm talking about getting in in time to be in spring football oh sure no no I, I get that fully I get that fully and and if if you're gonna be you want to have gone through spring football with the – ideally, you're going through with the school that you're going to play at that fall, right, Chris? Yep. But at the very least, you want to go through spring football, get the hitting in, get the get the work in, get the workouts in so that you're ready to go in off-season summer workouts with the school that you end up going to. So I think you want to go through spring football with Washington – even if you're not planning to be there, if that makes sense. So right. um I I just think if, if you're going to see kids decommit now, their opportunities to go and play spring football at a school are very limited because my guess is out of the 130, what is 123, 130, whatever it is, um, D1, FCS, or FBS programs, um, I would I would bet it's less than 20% of those schools are on the quarter system. Right. And if they're not on the quarter system, you ain't going to that school until the, until May. And I, I just think that limits your opportunities. So if you were, so the big times that you're going to see transfers happen are from December to basically the month of December. That's why we saw, I mean, how many guys did we see enter the transfer portal in that time? Yeah, it I don't know. I saw, I saw that, uh, you know, I saw the number of like ones at Colorado and then yeah. obviously SC lost a ton. USC, USC. Oregon's lost a yeah. ton. You know, th- yeah, there's no Washington, Washington lost their fair share. Yeah. So yeah. No. yeah. But so let's, let's go back to the numbers to finish this thing out. You got, you got four. Oh, sorry enrollees. about that. Okay. No, that's all right. They got, they got four enrollees that are in three of them. The are transfers in Demario King, Jordan Perryman, Michael Penix Jr. They're on campus. Parker Brailsford. High school players on campus. You've got the three others that have signed their letters in Ryan Otten, Lance Holtzclaw, Denzel Boston. So there's seven guys that are really kind of part of this mix in terms of the overall numbers to get to 85. I believe that would put them. Did you count Alexander already? Uh, Junior Alexander, I have not because he hasn't enrolled yet. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, there is still, 
something in the ether could change. It, it probably won't. Obviously, he's on a visit. Things are on track for him to enroll. And he You're leaving be, the possibility that he could leave, but no, cause there, he's cause, not. Because right he's, now, there's nothing that, that would hold him. Because even those guys that that are enrolled, they're, they sign scholarship papers. Those yeah. are not letters of intent. They're not binding. And, we, or, and we've not seen kids just kids. up and leave other schools, they too, could. after in doing it. In theory, that. they could. They wouldn't, but in theory, they still could. Um, so ultimately, with seven, that that leaves them with probably another – five or six that they that they could they they could conceivably get to commit um you know because i think are we still were are we still working with the 15 number i'm still working with 15 i still think we're going to see some sort of combination of eight okay um that we're working with that's going to remember two guys remember two that recently michelle powell was put on scholarship so that's one less from the mix does that move it now to 14 no, I, I still think you're going to see 15 because I think the coaches will probably anticipate someone leaving. Yeah. Um, and, um, but are we thinking it's going to be yeah. a straight one for one at this point? Are we, th- are we thinking, man, are, are, you know, if, if you're Courtney Morgan or if you're Kalen DeBoer, are you looking, man, I would really like to get this high school kid in, but that means we've got to, we've got to expect another guy that's currently on the staff to, or currently on the roster to yeah. go. Away. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, my personal opinion is you're going to see a combination of about eight, whether that's five high schoolers, three transfers, um, seven high schoolers, one transfer. I think you'll see more high schoolers than transfers, but I will, I do think in addition to, um, uh, uh, Junior Alexander and very possibly, uh, Aaron Dumas, I think you might see one, one or two more transfers, but I think ultimately you're going to see more high schoolers in the 2022 class than you will see transfers. Okay. So, so it is kind of ironic in the sense that, you know, there are so many guys that have come and gone, you know, they've looked at the portal, they've seen all these, these, you know, permutations in terms of the numbers and whatnot, how it could fluctuate. Yet when it comes down to it, I think months and months and months ago scott you nailed the 15 and we're still right back at 15 and everybody ridiculed me so, <laughs> so i have never and ridiculed on, you and on, honestly well neither has kim but uh well kim does all the time but but the the thing is even when i said it i was like god it, it's got to keep being more but i just kept hearing from everybody around the program 15 is the number we're working with 15 15 15 15 and they said there is the possibility we could go up a couple more depending on attrition, but right now 15 is the number we're working with. And so I kept saying it, and people kept saying, uh, well, that might be the number now, but it'll be around 2022 20, because of attrition and all that. And I said, guys, there still needs to be a lot of attrition just to get to 15. So, right. um, yeah, it's, it is what it, and there's been a lot of attrition, but I think you're going to see at least four or five more guys decide to transfer out. And the thing is, what people need to realize is you can only have 85 on scholarship at one time. So there could be a guy on scholarship through spring ball. Washington could oversign it, it, that where if the, if, if they stuck where they were and Washington brings in 15 guys, you could be looking at 90 to 92 scholarships. So obviously you're oversigning then, but because the anticipation is that some of these guys might leave, 
then you can you can have 85 on scholarship in the spring and that'll drop quite a bit and then you increase it to 85 once you get to the summer if that makes sense when the guys enroll right again so, it would be a one yeah. for one if you're if you're yeah. at 85 for spring football and if two or three players leave for the via the portal after spring football if they see the writing on the wall then that means Washington is certainly within their rights to go ahead and dip into the portal and get guys. If they've lost yeah. guys, they can get guys, but it would be a one for one so that if they lose two or three guys, they can pick up two or three guys. Yep. yep Cause you always have to stay at that overall 85. Exactly. And, and, and the 25 for any class, but since they are nowhere near the 25 for any one class, that that's, that's going to be fairly irrelevant for this. Mm-hmm. Group. Yep. Yep. So, um, I'm trying to think, oh, before we let you guys go, real quick, you said that they came in, these, these particular visitors for this weekend came in fairly late. When can the, the subscribers, the fans, the, the people that are intent on finding out more about how the weekend went with these guys, when can they start to see some reports from us? Uh, usually guys start leaving in the early morning if they need to catch a flight then uh but most will leave in the like after lunch you know they'll they'll grab lunch with the team you know they'll have one last team the what they usually do on these is after all the party and stuff that goes on friday and saturday on sunday they have a big big uh breakfast with the with the staff and with the with some of the other hosts and players and all that different stuff and the other recruits that are on campus so you have a big um you know, meeting and then the kids will break out and do one last meeting with their assistant coaches, position coaches, and then one last meeting with coach DeBoer. Now I don't know if DeBoer runs it the exact same way, but that's how Chris Peterson did it before the kids leave. They have one last visit with him and, uh, and then they head off. And so my guess is you'll start seeing kids leave because most of these kids that are on campus are Western kids, kids out West. Um, I think you're going to see most of them wind up being late departures, like two, three o'clock fly out. So you can probably start expecting something before, um, you know, before dinner time on, on Sunday. Yeah. So I was going to say a guy like Tristan Dunn, guy like Vega Iwane, you know, those guys can probably just kind of mosey out whenever they want because they're yep. an hour away. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So, okay. and, and the, the staff does, so, I don't know if people know this or not, but you would think the kid would just drive north with their family. Well, usually what happens is they send a limo and I don't, I'm not talking a stretch limo. It's probably just a, you know, a, you know, like an Uber black kind of thing where they, well, I remember back in the day, I remember back in the day with Reggie Williams, they did a float plane from America. Yeah. Yeah. So there's lots of different ways you can get these kids there's locally lakes, there's up lakes there. down there. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, so it, it wouldn't surprise, heck, Chris, I live down in Sumner. I know what, I know where they could land. They could land on Bonnie Lake. They could land on go. some of those places. So, Guaranteed you know, lots fact. of, yeah, lots of different ways you could do that kind of stuff. But usually what happens is they, the UW drives them up and then they drive them back. Um, but it kind of depends on what the parents want to do. If the parents want to go with the kid in the limo or do they want to let the kid go in the limo with the coach? And they'll meet the kid later because they have work or whatever, you know, just lots of different things. So it's really, really interesting to see what happens on these official visits for local kids because it isn't the exact same as the kid jumping on a plane, you know, and, and then getting picked up. You know, you know, they have their name waiting for them at the airplane and, 
you know, look, look for this person with your name and then go with them kind of thing. That isn't how it works. And, and usually the assistant coaches are picking them up and spending time with them then. So yeah, I, I would imagine, uh, that you'll start seeing stuff start to leak out between two and three o'clock, maybe around five. Um, I'm covering the game on Saturday, um, the Husky basketball game. And so, um, I'm hoping most of that's done before seven. So I can you focus just, Sunday. You're talking about Sunday. Or on Sunday. Sorry. I'm hoping it's all done on, on, uh, before seven so I can focus just on the basketball game, but, uh, we'll, we'll have to wait and see on that. Yeah, and the other thing to consider too is that the the coaches are coming off the road too on Fridays. Yeah, you know, there's still a lot of guys that were visiting school, high schools on Friday. Yep, for coming yep. back to base. Yep. So, so. Uh, it w- it wouldn't surprise me at all if the coaches flew in on Friday and then drove to pick up a kid. Like, let's say it was because co- Coach Shepard was down in uh, La Habra, I think, um, visiting, and. Um, or no, I'm sorry. He was at, I'm sorry. He was at, uh, he was South Sound. Yeah. He was South Sound. He was at Emerald Ridge, but coach DeBoer and, and coach Inge were, um, down, down in California. It wouldn't surprise me if they just waited at the, if they knew a kid was coming in, they, they, they arrived and they just waited for the kid and, and went up with him. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, there's a lot of different ways you can do those kind of things. So that'd be, that it'll be kind of interesting to hear some of the stories about that. <laughs> Talking about bumps and stuff on the airplanes, like you know, yeah, oh, we can't talk yeah. to you, but you know, we'll we'll see you in a few minutes. Yeah, and, oh, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. I, I'm not even talking about on the plane. I'm just talking about <laughs> at at the airport. Oh like, no, I, yeah, but yeah. I'm I, you know the, the the coincidences that ensue, yeah. I think would 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 probably well, I, surprise even the I most hardcore the recruiting old, guys. The old story. I still remember the old story about Bush Hamden. And it was Ty Jones, and he was going to take his trip to U- Ohio State. That's where it was. And he was flying out on Sunday. I'm, or no, he was flying out on Friday to take his last visit. And then he was going to sign with a school the next, you know, that following Wednesday. And he was already committed to Washington, but he wanted to take this other visit. And so Hamden, who was the wide receivers coach at the time, flew to Utah because he hadn't used his, um, in-home visit with Ty Jones that week. And so he flies to Utah and sits with him for three hours at the airport. Yeah. Recruiting him before he goes on his trip to Ohio state. Yeah. So found that kind of interesting. I didn't know you could do stuff like that, but you've also, you've heard stories about coaches flying on the same planes as kids. So, because they could have an in-home with them. Oh yeah. People, people that have seen us like Kim and I and you talk, at 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 functions and things like mm-hmm. that where a lot of recruiting talk is involved have have heard the the war stories from from back in the day 20 years ago you know when you would you'd have a Washington staff go in to have an in home and then another staff would literally be right there across the street waiting for the the Washington staff to to leave so that they could go in and then as soon as that staff would leave the Washington staff would be on the other side of the street waiting for them to leave so that they could go back in to talk to it, which is, you know, you're not supposed to be able to do that, but yeah. that didn't stop anybody from doing anything back they wanted basically days. back yeah. in the day. Yep. All right, Scott. Well, fantastic information as always. I, I, I'm almost embarrassed to tell people that, that I thought we were going to keep this to like 20, 25 minutes. 
Yeah, <laughs> I know. Just give people a quick update. When you but, said, uh, yeah, we'll just make this 25, 30 minutes. Yeah, I, right? I'm not going to do that anymore. I think I've already <laughs> kind of decided for myself. I'm just well, not going to put the time limit us. on. If, we, if you probably didn't say anything, you probably would have stuck to 20 yeah, minutes, 25, no, 30 it's, minutes. It's, yeah, I, I, I fully own that. I'll take the L on that for sure. But, Scott, I really appreciate it. Fantastic news as always. And and we will do this next week, too. We'll, we'll have another yep. one where you kind of break down a little bit of the visitors that are going to be here for the final weekend before signing day. And then obviously uh, talk a little bit. Well, um, one other thing, Chris, people need to keep an eye out for a big blog. I obviously will have a big blog up on uh, on Monday on the recruiting visits and where um, some of the coaches are heading, hopefully, this week. So. Yeah, and I know that's that's a lot of people are then. then that's I a didn't big have part one this subscription week. price is making yeah. sure they read Scott's recruiting blogs. Yeah, I I didn't have one this week because I was kind of helter skelter on the, on the visits, but I've got some uh I've got some good intel now and and should be able to to ha- feed you guys a little bit more info uh as we get closer. Excellent. A tease right into it. So I love it. Um fantastic stuff and then as always too as as Kim would would let everyone know if you want to uh, sign up to our newsletter, our email newsletter, all you have to do is send an email to huskystadium at gmail.com with the subject line newsletter, and we'll add you to our newsletter list. Uh, it comes out as often as we do it. We try to do it at least once or twice a day to give people the, the top stories of the day, the top news that we're reporting on every single day. So, again, huskystadium at gmail.com, subject line newsletter, and we'll get that news out to you. So for Scott Eklund, I'm Chris Fetters of Dogman.com. Go dogs. 